What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Medicaid 313, your weekly Pistons podcast here on Outlet Pass. My name is Corey. With me, as always, is Akil. Akil, what's up? Man, that's the first time you, you said with Outlet Pass. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to take a lot of getting used to, if I'm being completely honest, but it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it took a lot for me, too. Um, I like the sound of it, though. It has a good ring. Um, man, I'm good. Can't complain. Uh, just chilling. It's a Monday. That is what it is. How are you? I'm I'm good. It's starting to snow here a little bit, but what can you do? And oddly enough, we have a decent amount of piston stuff to talk about. I, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that, but we really do. Like, and mostly it's just us screaming at people. But you know, that's that's true. That's true. But I'll try to be a little bit more positive before we get into that because that is where we're going to end up spending a good bit of our time. Um, so there was a trade yesterday. There's that. I mean, this is, for anyone listening, we're recording this before. Uh, we have the first night of a back-to-back tonight against the Utah Jazz. And then tomorrow we play a rescheduled game with the Bulls. So we are before that. So right now we're still in the good spirits coming off. Winners three of five, uh, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, we traded for Bull Bull yesterday. So it was for Rodney Magruder and a Brooklyn second-round pick, also known as not very much, essentially free. What were your thoughts on this? Whenever I just hear Rodney McGruder's name, Rodney McGruder's name, and this is no offense to him, I just always think of Draymond Green saying... That's what I mean. I was going for the Rodney. I was like a saying, Rodney McGruder, that's the tough guys in the NBA now? Yeah. It's not even fair to him one bit, and it just, it always makes me laugh. Um... I mean, I'm not mad at it, because, like, once again, it's Rodney Magruder. Like, zero disrespect to him. Like, he managed to get Bull Bull out of this in a draft pick. So, I I think that's a W, in my opinion. And Yeah, I mean, like, it's worth always taking a shot on a young guy. Bull Bull has played, actually, funny enough, the same amount of combined games uh, as Killian A's, 53 games, over three seasons for him. He might be nothing. I, I said this yesterday like with, when I was talking to people about the trade that it's like if he ends up being just Thon McCurr like if you're getting that for Rodney in a second as opposed to a former lottery pick when we got uh, Thon like that that seems like a no-brainer to me if he's more yeah. than that dope if not he's an expiring contract and this is the thing with us too like we are such a young team like I, I kind of get the idea of just taking swings Right, like you yeah. just have to, like you just have to get at bats here. Like if it goes left and you get a single or a foul ball or whatever, I don't know why I'm using baseball analogies here. But if it goes left and it doesn't work, fine, it is what it is. We've won seven basketball games. Sorry, I don't even know. I think it's around there. Whatever that is, whatever the number is, we've won that many basketball games this year. Like I promise you, will be K if you take a couple of swings on some guys who have really, really quote unquote potential high ceilings. Like, everything's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, and, like, you got to figure, like, with... This was the thing we were talking about. Obviously, he does not solve this issue because he's, like, a toothpick out there. But adding some sort of height, I felt like, was was necessary in some form or fashion. Somebody above the height of... Somebody above the height of 6'8". Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what, Stu's, like, 6'8", 6'9". I think Luca Garza is... got the Jazz and Bulls back-to-back? Yeah, it's rough. God, and then the Raptors right up. Uh, and then this the is not going to be a great one for your boys. And then the Suns and the Warriors. Sorry, 
I'm just like talking out loud right now. No, I know, but I it's gonna be a rough week. What a five game stretch that is. All right, continue. You're good. Um, but yeah, so like Stewart was is what six eight six nine. Then you have I think the tallest player on the roster before Bobo comes in is Luca Garza at six ten. And if we're worried about uh, Bull as a rim protector, I mean. What do you think you're getting out of Luca Garza in that round? So, like, if, if nothing else, he can swat some shots. I'd love to see him get a little bit of run just to, you know, see what's there. It's interesting to see, take a chance on some players. There's nothing wrong with that for me in, in a season like this. And as we get into it more throughout this podcast, this is still a re- rebuilding year, as you said. Uh, it's okay to take chances. Before we get into the fans, I have a lot of news flashes for these quote unquote rebuilding years for the Detroit Pistons community because people think we have like, one more year of a rebuild coming up, buddy. <laughs> Look out. Um, but yes, that's annoying. No, for sure, for sure. And before we get into the fans, because I have a lot of words for them, let's talk about the TNT crew. Because I, this happened after we recorded last week, but um, they decided to take some shots at the Pistons, and I get it. We're a bad team. It is what it is. Uh, they caught. They were making jokes because – Back-to-back nights, we lost by, I think, 30 or more whenever it came to playing the Bucks, or sorry, the Hornets and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies currently one of the best teams in the league, and they started talking trash, and then that led to Chuck talking trash and saying that this team just doesn't compete and talking about guys not wanting to win and stuff like that. And, like, if they ever showed any signs of life, maybe this team would win some games and we should be relegated. I just, like... That's just disingenuous. I like. I yes, they're a bad team. I'm not saying that, but especially in a week where they won three out of five, like he just looks silly. But also, in a week where they just beat the the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks, like relax. Their issue is not that they don't try. Their issue is that they the combined age of their starting five is like their average age was twenty and a half. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I, and you kind of took the words out of my mouth, right? Like, and and this is why. People are like kind of talking about how we we need to start competing like next year, and I'm just like, bro, the average age of our roster is three four years younger than me, and 25 years younger than you, Corey. It's like, hey. uh, yeah, I mean, exaggeration on my part, 100. percent But if your average age of your roster is not even maybe legally allowed to drink alcohol in a legal sense. There's zero competing going on there. Like, you aren't a competitive basketball team in the NBA, and, like, that's okay. Like, the reason why it is hard to win games in the NBA is because you legally, as a team, might not be allowed to drink alcohol. And I I get what Chuck's saying, and some of this is, like, the jokes, greater than facts way of life, which I subscribe to. Uh, So I wasn't that mad at it. I know a lot of people on Twitter were. Um, But... It is what it is, man. We're a young team. Losses are going to happen. I'm only mad about it, and it's like even when we're good, which has been a while. It, this is it's actually like I know you probably watched then, but you probably are not really old enough to really fully remember when the Pistons were a good team. I just want you to talk about us when we're good, like and like don't just talk about us when it's convenient and talk trash, like you know what I mean. It's I just think it's like you said, like like I'm not lying. The, the starting five that we saw this week, where it was. Killian Cade, Isaiah Stewart, Hamid Diallo, and uh, Sadiq Bay. the average age is 20.5 years old. If you average their age, not legally allowed to drink in this country. 
what are we doing sitting there making fun of them for losing on back-to-back nights? Like, yes, they lost by like almost 40 to the Memphis Grizzlies, a one of the top teams in the Western Conference on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, and I'm going to get into that more when we get to the fans, but it's just like... A, a noted very young basketball team lost to a competitive team in the Western Conference summer. by points. Like, that's the story that we're going with. I get it. Yeah, make, makes sense. Let's Let's continue. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you to clear out for a moment because as anyone who's listened to this pod or formerly leading with the W now known as rebel edition knows I I am apt to go on a little bit of a rant and this is in our, our lovely fans that I seem to have just, just the willingness to just what it was this week was selling off. Like we won a game and all I'm seeing is hate for Killian Hayes. So I just had to like kind of get some things off, off my chest. Fans expected something this season that was just not reasonable. Killian Hayes has played 53 games so far, only slightly more than half of a season. He has shown defensive flashes and passing brilliance at times. Before injuring his thumb this season, on his shooting hand, he was shooting over 38% from distance. But because he was drafted seventh overall, fans expected the moon, a star right right here, right off the bat, even though he was considered a project coming into the league at 19 years of age. For a reminder, here are the 10 men who went seventh overall just prior to Killian Hayes. Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr., Lowry Markkinen, Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier, Julius Randle, Ben McElmore, Harrison Barnes, Bismack Biombo, and Greg Monroe. One player in that group has made an all-star game. That was Julius Randle last year in his seventh year on his third team. The only players on this list that have that have not had to play for multiple teams are Kobe White, for now, mind you, and Jamal Murray. Expecting a SAR in year two is ridiculous, to say the least. Could this be the coaching staff needing to put him in a better position to succeed? Sure. Does Killing need to be more aggressive on, on the offensive end? Absolutely. But thinking of giving up on him 53 games into his career, while he is just 20 years old, when we were told he needed time to develop is lunacy. There was no rush in this season, but jumping up to the first overall pick theoretically jumpstarts the rebuild, restoration, or whatever we want to call it. It by no means should fast forward the expected developmental curve of a 20-year-old point guard. The Pistons were going to be bad this year. We've said it for months on here, Akil. Despite what some fans seem to have expected, when neither member of your starting backcourt is able to legally buy a drink, you are in for dealing with plenty of growing pains. The starting lineup on Saturday as I said already multiple times, posted an average age of 20.5, which is what you want in the first full year of a rebuild. People think we're in multiple years of this because we've been bad for so long. Last year, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, and Andre Drummond were on the team. This is the first full year of this. But why listen to me? Because, I mean, as we joke on here all the time, I'm something of an amateur. Listen to James Edwards III, who we like to reference all the time from The Athletic, because he put it better than I could ever do, as you can tell by me stammering through this. Just look at it. The Detroit roster is one of the youngest in the league. It's not built to succeed right now. It wasn't last season either, and it wasn't the year before that. It's really, really hard in this league to be competitive with young talent. Too many of the same mistakes are made regularly. The growing pains are under a microscope because they tend to always happen at the game's most critical moments. So take a deep breath. Back to me now. Take a deep breath and realize that no snap decision should be made about any of the young talents at this point. This is not to say that Killian is untradeable, absolutely not. If the right deal is there, most in the league are available for the right price. But writing off anyone's potential after 53 games is foolhardy. And I welcome you back. Sorry about that. I knew I had a lot to get off my chest. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I stand by everything you and my fellow Michigan State grad, James Edwards, says. Uh, shouts to him. Um, we, we talked about it before, right? Like, at nauseum, we're a young basketball team. Like, if these are our expectations this year, I, I genuinely want to know next year because like, it's going to be a... I'm going to be honest, it's probably going to be close to a lot of the same things next year. So hold your horses. Like Killian Hayes played barely 50 games over three years. And there's a lot of big people on Twitter um, who are out here saying like Killian's got to go. And it's just like, what are we doing here, man? Like, well, the issue is the second you give up on him, and if he does anything anywhere else, everyone will be like, see, idiot, gave up on him too fast. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, like, we we just dealt with this shit with Chris Middleton. Like, we gave up on him, and then boom, look at who Chris Middleton is now. Like, oh, he'd be very good to have on this roster. It's like, in a perfect world, maybe he's still here, who knows? But it's like, we can't keep doing this, like... <sighs> It's frustrating, man. It is what it is. I get it. People need to have patience. It's a virtue these days, I tell you. It was just, like, it, it really hit me because, like, it's happening in a night where we actually, like, won. We won our third out of five games. It's everything that people wanted. You're coming out, you're looking good, and they still find a way to not even talk about the win, but just complain about Killian because he wasn't aggressive enough and they're not willing to look at anything beyond the box score. When, I mean, and, I, like, we'll beat this. I'll I'll beat this comparison to death but if you look at a player like Lonzo Ball it's another guy that his his impact doesn't always show up in the box score it's about like the defense and forcing passing lanes and and like making like the like the hockey assist and stuff like that which is where I really think that Killian can thrive but I don't know I should be happy because like I said we won three games last week we're still on track for one of the top picks in the draft and uh Last week was probably going to look better than this week's going to look because, as you were detailing earlier, the schedule this week is brutal. We got Denver two times in a row next week. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, uh, hate it here. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be great here. The last thing I wanted to touch on, just retouching on, because like it seems like we're going to get updates on this every week until it actually happens. Uh, Shams put out more about Jeremy Grant and teams that might be interested. I'm working on a piece for Hoops Habit, talking about the four teams and what they could realistically offer, but it was Washington, Portland, Los Angeles, and the Knicks. I want nothing from Washington. I think they're the only one that even has something reasonable to offer. Unless it's Kyle Kuzma. Is it Kyle Kuzma? No, no. Uh, no, don't want it. Um, Portland? What do they have to give me? I, Norman I guess Powell, Norman Powell. I guess theoretically, Anthony Simons, but I've seen some Portland people say they wouldn't want to give him, give up on him for this, and I'm like, okay, well, if you're not giving him, then what in the world? It's are you not giving? him or Nasir, Nasir Little, like, but like also plus picks, right? Because like I like Nasir a lot, but like that's not enough for Jeremy Grant. Oh, actually, Nasir is actually somebody I could add to the list of players I do like. There I, we go. Yeah, Nasir is Nasir is very good. Um. What were the other teams? Okay, so I'll start you with the Knicks first. Jesus Christ. Is it Emmanuel Quickly? No. All right, then what are we doing here? Who is and you know what the worst part is? With, like, all these other teams, like uh, Portland could give you like expiring salary, like whether it be Nurkic or 
whoever to fit the bill so that you're able to like like offset the Jeremy money. Or uh Washington could give you Montrez Harrell because he's expiring. Oh Jesus. The Knicks would have to give you Evan Fournier, who's on a four year deal. Absolutely not. R- miss me with Evan Fournier. Like it's and then uh the other one is our favorite, you know, Kendrick Dunn and THT. Uh noted um Needless to say, I did not love that article. Yeah, that, that Lakers toy does not pack quite the punch. None of them do. Like, I mean, you like you could sell me on oh. Rui Hachimura being interesting, but like I, I just have to imagine that there's something out there better than Rui Hachimura. So um yeah. I guess I can't tell all of the fans to get out of their feelings when I was clearly in my feelings about them this week, but I think this was if nothing else, a good therapy session for you and me talking about the angst and pistons Twitter. Yeah. It is it is something. People gotta chill out. Oh man, just wait until they, we post this and, and there's already been two two big nice L's in between tonight and when this comes out on Wednesday. This so, is a uh, potential okay, I'm not even gonna say potential. I'm I'm just gonna flat out say it. This is a 0 five week. It should be, right? Yeah. Utah, Chicago, Toronto, Phoenix, Golden State. Yeah, that's absurd. Most teams would go 0 and 5 against that. I guess Toronto, but like Toronto's won like Again, six in a row, right? Yeah, Toronto's a six seed right now. Yeah. Get through that and then we get the Kings, though. So there's that. That's true. And then we get Utah and Denver <laughs> twice. Yeah. In a row. Nice. Well, and, and Jabari Smith, baby. Thing. Yeah, this is a thing, man. Like, I wish we could at least be like an Orlando level of trash where things are like fun and exciting to watch. Like, give it time, give it time. Like, we've been yeah. really poisoned over the last two weeks because of all the COVID stuff. But like, when it is in lineup, like the one we're starting tonight, that's at least enjoyable. It is. I will say that in Franz Wagner, it's very fun to watch as well. By the way, so um, okay. that guy is something special. Um, so are you predicting an 0-5 week this week as well, or? I'm going to. Okay, so technically the four games this week are Utah, Chicago, Toronto, and Phoenix. I'm going to guess we beat Toronto just because Casey seems to really, like, whatever, get the most out of his team when he's playing against his former team. But in general, I would assume it's going to be an 0-5 week. I'll say I'll say one on three best guess one one on three best guess. Realistically, zero and four, but I you I would not be surprised if it was one and three. Yeah, and I think we beat Chicago because I mean we've lost to them so many times already. Like I think we just have to beat them once. But that's on the second night of a back to back. It's tough. That's true. That is true. All right. Yeah. Never mind. I'm going on four. All right. Well, this has been fun. Anyone who actually wanted to listen to this and hear us talk about trashing the fans, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week on Motorcade 313.